Hello and welcome back, podcast pals! It is finally episode number 10. We have been MIA because we've been in lockdown like so many other people, but we're finally back with a super cool episode on evolutionary race between ground squirrels and rattlesnakes. Hooray! This is a journey into science. Science. What is it all about? Da 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 da. <laughs> and so we are back, and instead this time of how was our weeks? How was your lockdown? The whole month. I love lockdown so much. Like I'm just such a homebody anyway. But was, I'm level four on yeah. nothing. And we could have record, kept recording podcasts, but we're like, Zoom, technical, no. my internet goes in and out every 20 minutes. No, and it was just... we were like, no, fuck that. We're just not. wait until we're back in the comfort of the podcast room. But our logcast journey started together and ended together because we <laughs> were... So we had three tests left on our most recent spider experiments and so we got the alert that we were going to go into lockdown that night and so we were like fuck because we're meant to finish off the tests the the next next day day. and they're paired tests so it means there's four other tests we've done before that and if we don't round it off with their last test to throw away we have to throw away all of their previous tests sort of thing so we were like Mm, let's just go into the spider lab at like what was it like 7 p.m yep but they responded and it was fine yep fed yep. all the spiders got like ready for lockdown and then it meant we had our data so over lockdown it was like every morning all right 10 a.m zoom and we're sitting there over zoom doing fucking stats virtually <laughs> and it worked out so well because if we were in in person mm-hmm. it would not have been that productive like there's no way because we would have been starting our other projects we would have been distracted it actually came at a really good time for stats analysis for us yeah because like even if we sit down and do stats together we sort of go okay I've done a couple hours then we're like oh I'm hungry okay let's get food or if I was over here we'd just start drinking (laughs) and so the fact that we were just virtually doing stats every morning it was it was really good it was good and oh it was it was like the highlight our little stats, stats. morning. Yeah, because <laughs> we're like, we're, we've got to be productive. <laughs> and so it gave us a good, it was a task that we got to do together and it yeah. was every morning and it was a monotonous task. So it actually worked out really well. Yeah. Um, But for me personally, this time around, I was much more productive than the last one. But I also was like, I don't want to see anyone's fucking banana bread. I don't want to see oh. organized cupboards. I don't want to see any personal development at all. I was like, nope, that I was know. last lockdown. I was like, keep it off social media. I'm not interested. Have you seen Chris Parker's video, Lockdown 1 versus Lockdown 2? And it's like, Lockdown 1 is like, ah, another beautiful morning. And like, ah, another fish, freshly baked batch of bread. And Lockdown 2 was like, I don't want to see, hear, smell anyone for the next 24 hours. And that's absolutely how I felt. So true. Oh, so good. So just Hunkered down. Um, and then level two arrived and we had my birthday celebrations. Woo-hoo! That was fun. So um, we came over to Avril's place and we got super drunk and had a paint and sip. Our own we personal... have to put that. Oh, the terrible. pictures. Okay, it's so, so bad. we are not painters. Yeah. Not creative people. <laughs> Absolutely not. And so they look so awful. It's so and, bad. and we were so drunk. And we did it with the lights off, but we no, we put the red lights on. And yeah. so then we painted. We didn't know the colours we were painting. 
So I think this is blue. And then we turned the lights on. And they were so bad. To be fair, the boys actually looked pretty good. The boys' pictures are really good. They're really good. And ours are just, it's, we'll, we'll have to put them up. They're so bad. And it's really like representative of us. We both put like titles or some sort of description. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't want to leave anything up to misinterpretation. We scale in the corner. True scientist. <laughs> But then we all migrated. So Avril's got this massive, how many bedrooms is this house? Like five bedrooms. Yes. It's huge. And two separate lounges, massive house. And we all, for half of the night, crammed into this tiny podcast room. There are still balloons in here. These deflated helium balloons. And we put on the podcast gear. And we were just in here for hours. So like this tiny box of a room. So good. So, so true to us. So good. But it was so cozy. So nice. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Great way to bring in the new birthday. Exactly. New lap around the sun. Yep. But now we're back on the grind, back in the studio with Sound Scientific, thank goodness. Um, So let's jump into the science side of things. Hooray. So this paper is on the California ground squirrels and rattlesnakes and it's an example of an evolutionary arms race and so evolutionary arms race is basically sort of like attack counter-attack sort of thing that happens over the spans of millions of years Mm. so for an example with bats um, bats have this really high-pitched frequency they emit out um, to help them with their echolocation to track down prey and this then they track down the moths then they eat them but then moths eventually evolve these little weird structures to detect the high-pitched frequency from bats so then they could evade them and fly around and then it's literally just back and forth back and, and then forth. you'll get a counter adaptation so that yeah. the moths can't hear you anymore and it just keeps on going on yeah. and on because everyone's trying to out evolve the other uh, one yeah and yeah. it just oh it's just so cool. sort of yeah, yeah really cool super cool they're both sort of just sort of trying to get a little bit ahead of each other a little bit ahead and so that's like this paper. In this paper, Rundus and colleagues tested a similar thing in 2007 with California ground squirrels and rattlesnakes. And basically, the infrared sensory system in rattlesnakes, so infrared is electromagnetic radiation emitted by heated objects and the sensory system in snakes is being able to detect the infrared through these special organs. This infrared detection sensory system in the rattlesnakes has shaped the evolution of the tail flagging displays used by California ground squirrels. And by tail flagging, it's literally tail wagging, but for some reason it's called tail flagging, so I feel weird saying tail flagging and I want to say wagging. I think maybe because it's just like up in the air and like erect and it's like back and forth, so instead of being like out behind them, it's like up and erect and a flag. It's a flag. It's a flag. Oh my God. It's very specific. Yep scientific term sort of thing so obviously if you're a squirrel and you are like prey to rattlesnakes you need to have defenses and one of their defenses is they actually have resistance to rattlesnake venom which is so cool it's so cool we don't know how so don't ask but it's very (laughs) cool so it's again like this attack counter attack sort of thing yep and they also have tail flagging so that's basically when they're approached by a predator they sit there and like flag their tails back and forth and people started to notice that when they did this tail flagging, the snakes would switch from being, you know, in predatory mode to defensive mode. And they thought, okay, what's going on? How does this tail flag um, scare off these snakes? 
So Rundus and colleagues looked into this and asked what's happening with the tail flagging. So there's two different snakes that they use in this experiment, and they are the rattlesnakes that use the infrared and the gopher snakes that don't use infrared. But they both and, prey on the squirrels. Yeah, so yeah. they're both squirrel predators. And so they wanted to test if the tail flagging included an infrared component, i.e. heating up their tails, but only in the situation where they were confronted with the infrared-sensitive rattlesnakes and not the gophers. So only in the species that could actually detect the infrared signals. And then also, if the tail flagging did anything, i.e. made the snakes switch from predatory to defensive behavior, if it actually changed their behavior. So to do this, they got squirrels and snakes put them in separate cages and looked at their behavior using infrared cameras. They did separate tests. So in one test, it would be the squirrel with a rattlesnake opposite it. And then in another test, it would be a squirrel with the gopher opposite it. Yeah. And what they found is that the squirrels flagged their tails at the snakes in both tests. And this made the snakes switch from predatory to defensive behavior. So they're basically just like, okay, calm down. I'm not here for a fight anymore. So it sort of looked like the squirrel was demonstrating the same behaviour for both of the snakes, but when the researchers looked at the infrared cameras, it told a different story. (laughs) They saw that the tails were heated when they were interacting with the rattlesnakes, but not with the gophers. And this is really interesting because the squirrels don't use this tail heating behaviour with the snakes that can't detect the infrared. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. How exactly do they heat up their tails? Glad you asked, Avril. <laughs> they think that it's the hairs on their tails that stand up, which exposes more skin and then perhaps leads to the dilation of blood vessels, which means you're making warm blood go to the surface. Yeah, and so this redistribution of heat is something that they already do in thermoregulation. So if they're trying to cool off or heat up, they can redistribute the blood and change the capillary size on their surface of their skin. And so they can already do this process, but now it's just being applied in this specific context. Mm. And it's such a good example of an evolutionary arms race because the snakes go, okay, small mammals are super warm. Let me get ahead of the game and evolve these pit organs so I can detect infrared in the dark. And the squirrels go, fuck your evolution. I'm going to use that against you. It's so great. It is. And so then further to that, the sensory system of the snakes have guided the evolution of the signal structures of the squirrels and even more incredible is that infrared isn't recognized by the squirrel um, perceptual systems and so they're not even using infrared for communication between themselves they've just fully manipulated the sensory systems of the rattlesnakes that are using it that's so cool that is so cool And another test that these researchers did involved using a fucking taxidermed squirrel (laughs) and turning it into a robot. Hi. Hello. Sign me up. As you do. As you do. So they wanted to see if the squirrels flagging their tails at rattlesnakes, but without the infrared component, so without the tails being heated up, would make the rattlesnakes back off and shift from that predatory behavior to this defensive behavior. But they had a really hard time with this because every time a squirrel was faced with a rattlesnake, they'd heat up their tail. And they tried, like, wrapping them in a cold compress. And you know, they tried all this stuff and they couldn't get them to flag their tail without the heat. So they said, OK, let's taxiderm a squirrel and turn it into a robot, making these biorobotic playbacks of this robotic squirrel doing the tail flagging without the heat. 
And then from doing all this, the rattlesnakes didn't switch out of predatory mode as much. So this shows that the infrared component in the squirrel's anti-predator flagging display enhances the efficacy as a deterrent against predatory effects. Hey. And we should also do a little disclaimer that no squirrels were harmed in the making of this study. Yeah, sorry, I made it sound like they got a squirrel and taxidermed it, but it was... Like, you're the one. Yeah, that one. He's got a great so tail. They already had this, like, taxidermy squirrel. And yeah, also, sorry, that and, was not clear. And, and then in the experiment itself, they were um, they were in separate cages. Yeah, and yeah, so, of course. Yeah, and so they could still, like, smell each other, see each other. Like, there was just mesh in between It was just them. so no and one just died. And then just chuck some squirrels in a cage. And had, go have at it. Now we've come to the part of the podcast where we discuss our thoughts about the paper. I love when you put on podcasting voice. It's my <laughs> oh, favourite. Oh, what was I going to say? I was going to read that Nature article oh. at the start. <laughs> Faced with an angry rattlesnake, you or I might freeze with fear. I love that so much. Okay. Uh, right, anyways. Back to thoughts. So our thoughts. So on the heat thing, so they're actually physically heating up their tail. So shivering and wagging isn't the same thing as infrared. So the hairs are literally standing up. And so does that mean that they have conscious control over their hairs? Or is it some other process that they're going through? Because they switch on the heat based on the predator that they're seeing. So yeah, well, first, go for it. Yeah, well, we were thinking, okay, the tail just gets heated because they're wagging it. So it's like when we move our bodies, yep. it gets Heats hot. Up. But then they wag the tail at towards the gophers and it doesn't get hot. So yep. it means they're switching it based on whatever predator they're yep. faced with. And if they think it's the because of the hairs that are standing up, I'm like, does that mean they have some sort of conscious cognitive switch that allows them to go heat up tail? Heat up tail. There's some sort of control like I wonder over if it's the just hairs. Like a, same way as like, like it's exploiting their sensory system. It's also just like an automatic, I see this rattlesnake mm. and that is triggers heating up on my tail. Like but it's an automatic thing. An automatic thing. Like I guess it because it's not it has to be. It, it isn't just heat comes with a tail wag because they can tail wag, yeah. tail flag. Independently of it. Independently of it. So I wonder if they would do it like with an image, for example, of a rattlesnake. Yeah. And then you could disentangle features <gasps> yeah. of the rattlesnake. Or you could do it with like dis- it the, smell. I don't know. You know, yeah. disentangle the features. Sound. Like what is it? <gasps> what if it's the rattle? Oh. And that was our follow-up question. How do they tell the difference between snakes? Which sounds really basic, yeah. oh but is it, a, is it an olfactory thing? Is it a mental represent? They've like just formed this mental image. I hope of it's this the rattle. Is a, yeah. Imagine. So it's a sound thing. Maybe like that. Be so you could test now the sensory system of the squirrel to find out what it is about the rattlesnake that's. So we're going to gather up. We're going to so, gather up some deaf squirrels and see, <laughs> and see what happens. Put or, little earplugs in them. Yeah, or remove the rattle from a rattlesnake. Oh my god, and see how Can it you do that without it. it dying? Yeah, people like, ch- mm-hmm. I don't know how ethics would feel about that. Yeah, or just make but little sound cancelling headphones on the oh squirrel. Oh my god. But, yeah, but no, but that but was yeah. interesting. It's like, how do they tell the difference? Because they, they immediately Between, yep. switch their behaviour yep. and that's like, on... And that's like a physiological switch too. It like, is. Like, that's like behaviour, but also like, it is heating up their tail. I know, and that's why I'm like, is there a conscious component of it, or is yep. it just this and reaction And it's just the tail have? too. Yeah. And so it's not like they're whole, like they're hulking out and getting like all hot. Super, super it's, hot. Because they measured, when they were looking at the infrared, they were taking measurements of six different body parts. Mm. And three of those were on the tail, and those are the ones that increased. Of an intact squirrel. Of an intact... <laughs> no more chopping tails off, legs off, 
taxidermy. Um, oh. But yeah, really, really interesting. It would be, um, we've, we've got to follow this up and see if they've done anything. And what else did we think about? Oh, okay. So the squirrels used in this experiment, they only used female squirrels. Yeah. And this is mainly because squirrels are going to do this behavior a lot more when they've got a little wee burrow of squirrel pups <laughs> in their presence mm-hmm. because the snakes aren't often going to eat an adult squirrel. They're yep. like, oh, just give me the fresh little babies. A little baby squirrel. And so they use the females in the test. So I wonder if males would still use this behaviour because yeah. it's it's like it seems like it's a motherly nest-offending behaviour. So yeah. I wonder if males would do the same thing. We have so many plans off of this one paper. And then what we were trying to figure out is what does the tail flagging actually achieve in terms of defence? Is it like... A thing where because they're sensing the snake sensing sensing infrared, the tail flagging makes them look like they're bigger than they are. Yeah. So it's I'm big and scary, or is it a distraction thing? Because heat isn't going to go that far out of the body, no. so they're not going to look like oh you're but, this yeah, massive like, giant what, squirrel. What differentiates it from being oh look that's uh, it's definitely a hot warm alive thing. I should mm. go get it rather than it's a hot warm moving thing I'm going to avoid it like it's, yeah. like it's evolved to literally so they can help detect mammalian prey mm-hmm. but they're seeing the sign seeing the signal of the infrared and it's making them go away I know but if it was big and scary if it was the big and, big and scary, scary thing yeah. then I just think score more food more food maybe but then but what also- if it might be like maybe this size is prey I can anything bigger than that is- I can't take you yeah because we did, apparently squirrels could still fuck up a snake. They yeah. get into fights, and so it's not like a yeah. squirrel's always doomed. They can have a bit of a scratch. They so it's like an avoiding. Yeah. That's why they go into defensive mode. Yeah. But then, I wonder if you, like, mm? chop off half its tail. Is it as effective, you know, like... Oh, the, tail the tiny heat. Oh, I don't know. But I think that... But then the researchers said... In another article we read that it could be a distraction factor and mm. that's what meerkats use against snakes is yeah. they just sort of zip back, back and, and forth. forth and the snail the, the snail <laughs> the snail gets disoriented. Um and the snakes get I don't know, distracted and then yeah. they they leave. So it's like how why is distraction a why does that work? Why does that work why on snakes? Why does that work? Just send them an email in capitals. Why does distraction <laughs> work in snakes? Why are they being deterred? But that's really interesting. It is. It's yeah. really yeah, there's just so many things going on here and mm-hmm. so many parts of this are so interesting. Yeah. And the last thought was this whole arms race that we've got. This isn't the end. We're just merely in the midst of the evolutionary process overtaking the arms race, what's going to be the counterattack of the snakes? Yeah, of the, yeah. Right? What's next? And so I thought if the tail flagging mainly happens when they're protecting a burrow of pups, then a snake's going to cotton you on to the babies. fact that you have babies. So whenever they see this infrared tail flag, they're going to go, I know that there's a burrow of pups behind you. It's like a sign, you. yeah. It becomes a sign of... Come yeah, get my babies. Come eat my babies. Yeah, then what would the squirrels do? I know. It's crazy. They'll just become flying squirrels, obviously. <laughs> cool. I Love think that's that. it, eh? I think that's it. It is it's good to be back, Bonnie. Yeah, it is actually good to be back. Reading and knuckling down for this podcast episode was a lot harder than usual. It was. I think it took us three hours. I think we also were sitting there like we had to have like eight separate... Debriefs. Debriefs and... Yeah. In-depth conversations of worldly issues because... 
What else do you do on see, a Friday afternoon? We've talked every single day over Zoom and the internet, but somehow in person we're like, okay, we have so much to catch up on. <laughs> so much. Because we're not messaging almost every minute, every we day. We basically, like, whenever we see each other, like, the next time we're like, gasp, <gasps> guess what? Like, what could have possibly happened in 12 hours? I wrote, I know, and because when something minor happens, it's a s- straight message to each other. Like, we get off Zoom, and then it's like 20 minutes later, we're on Messenger. Like, oh my god, this thing happened, and then we're just conversing over Messenger pretty much <laughs> until we sleep. Codependent. Codependency at its finest. So good. Oh, my God. It's been a journey. But um, thanks for listening, guys. It's good to be back. And we will see you soon for season two. Yeah, I just checked as well. This is episode 10. It's episode 10. And so we're doing seasons in 10 episode blocks. And so next season is Down Down Under. Under. (laughs) Not Australian animals. It's Down Under in the Sea. In the Sea. (laughs) Which is no confusing sense. when we say down under, but now it's we can't go back now. I can't. I was like, that's the only way it is. I think we have octopus and so many up next. other cool things. Yeah, octopus, and then oh, maybe- weren't we going to do a weird teaser for it? Next time on Sound Scientific, <laughs> you can look forward to us explaining how cool octopus are and how they feel taking MDMA and. Other exciting Other things. Other exciting things. We're going to touch on a few different topics, just not not just one paper, so something to look forward to. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we will see you then, podcast pals. Thanks again. Bye. This is a journey into science. Science. What is it all about?